It's great. It's awesome. Rise and build. Seek and build. Seek and build. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Verse 3. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. How pertinent is this? Your tent. I mean... Not every church meets in a tent, you know what I'm saying? And for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and I hope we do. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. So we're stretching, we're lengthening our cords, strengthening our stakes. And it's actually what we did when the tent first got blown over. Uh, we had to strengthen the stakes. They only went down so far, Bill. And we had this great guy who said, look, we need bigger stakes. And he made these 600 long uh, big stakes and uh, we rammed them in. You know what? Those stakes have not budged. Have not budged. I like that. Not budged. <laughs> and, um, and then, of course, the tent has been up for that five years because we strengthen our stakes. And, uh, but it's now time to lengthen our cords, stretch your tent curtains wide. That means we need a bigger tent, guys, but it's not a tent. It's a building. It's C3 Tugra. And it's time to rise and build. Say rise and build. Psalm 102 verse 12. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever. I want to pull the word out here that says favor. All right. So here it is. And the remembrance of your name to all generations. And then I'm going to tease out the vision, what this church stands for. I'm going to go line by line and show you that. So I'm just, just trying to just, just create some of a, uh, foundation here. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. There's that word, favor her. Yes, the time has come. I believe there is favor on this house. I've heard it through people. People are doing better. Their finances are doing... I've heard people who've joined this church and straight up within two, three months, because it does not happen overnight, but it comes. it's a time of consolidating your life under the grace, getting marinated in the house and you get this stuff on you. You get the anointing on you. And I've heard people say, my finances, I've been a Christian for years. I've been given tithes and offerings. I've not really seen the reward, the fruit. And I've been a part of this house for three, four months. And already we've got money left over. We've got enough money for a holiday. We've got enough money for an investment. That's what happens when you pray into the life of your church certain elements that come alive. And that is grace. Grace in the house comes by when you fuel it into, into, into flame, flame it, fire, fire, uh, fan it into flame. Thanks. Fan it into flame. And, and whatever you fan into flame, it comes alive as an ingredient in your grace. We have grace to pray. And thank you for all the people that have prayed this week, all those people that have turned up and persistently pray and keep the boilers burning in the life of this church. And prayer is critical. Without prayer, you're going nowhere quick. And we need to get traction in prayer. We need to get more prayer happening. For your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up the church, build up Zion. It says, where it says Zion, you can put church there. He shall appear in his glory. It's favor time, church. Say favor. Did a great job, sis. Again, you're doing quite well. We've got Gilesy here tonight. He's going to be in the house more from this week on. So just bear with him. He's tidying up matters down at the big house, not the jail. Big house means jail. It's not the big house. It's the big house, Oxford Falls. Sorry. Don't want to put Gilesy in jail. So over the next week, we're going to invite you to give your best effort towards the rise and build, your best effort, and in that you will be strategically aligned to the house and you will 
be a recipient of a most uh, optimized life in your finances, in your life called finances, and that means a big bunch of your life. Does it not? We're building and expanding, praise God, His favor. 1 Chronicles 22. Now, if you've got notepads, you need to write this down because this is where some of this terminology comes from. It's 1 Chronicles 22, verse 18. Praise the Lord. Now, 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 this is David, now, this is King David, now, David, the Goliath killer, but now he's saying, now's time to build a house. Now's time to seek the Lord. Now's time to build a place where people can come in Tugra, in the Wyong Shire, and seek God and worship God. So, again, it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 18 to verse 19. Now, now it's going to be a little bit different because I'm reading from the King James Version, actually the New King James Version. Now, set your heart and your soul. So we're asking you, we're actually putting our, our stuff out here by saying we're asking that your heart and that your soul be connected to rise and build. Amen? We're asking that your heart be connected to create a city, a city of worship. Christian City Church Tugra is going to be a city on 11 acres. Praise God for it. And I got that revelation this week, you know, because I was looking at the word what city means. And really, we are creating a city, a city in biblical proportions on this land, a city where God, people can seek God, meet God, believe in God, but be blessed by God, transformed by God. It's a beautiful thing. Now, set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Therefore, arise and build. I said, arise and build. Say, arise and build. Arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Now, the ark represents the presence, you know what I mean? That ark that they used to carry in the Old Testament, the one that Uzzah touched and he got wiped out and David tried to get back to Jerusalem, but eventually got it there and that's when it all began to happen in a great way for David. He got that presence and for, for me... Church is about getting the presence in the house. First stop, you can have all your programs, you can have all your excellent stuff, but the first thing you've got to have is the altar. It's one of the first things they built when they were even nomads, and they would build altars all the time because the altar is the business end of the church. If you want to look at the business end of this church, you need to have a look at the altar and see what's, what sacrifice has gone down on that altar. You need to have a look at it. And even a mature Christian could even ask that, what, what have you done? What extravagant sacrifices have you made to the king, to God, on your altar? Well, I, I could write a book on it in this church. This altar is strong. And the Bible says, help me, in Levit- Leviticus is it? Don't let the altar go out. Don't let the fire go out. There's a fire on this altar right now. It's where we do business. It's where we give our tithes and offerings. It's where we give our flesh. It's where we give our sin. And God heals it. God forgives us of it. And God, that's the, the business end of this church is the altar. Praise God. Mm. Arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord. Arise. I love that word, arise. Arise means to stand up, to go higher than we currently are. We upgrade from where we are right now to arise. It's moving from doing nothing to getting up and going to work. Arise, that's good. It means we increase from where we have been to where we are going. We're rising up. And one thing we need to rise up is in prayer. Prayer. We need to get more traction in prayer. Need to get more traction. Prayer is the key to get God's will done. On this property in your life, we need to go higher. We need to go higher in prayer. 
Two, we're going higher in the word. We need to go deeper in the word, but we need to go higher because the Bible talks about ascending the hill of the Lord, going up the mountain. And really that means in the New Testament now, going up the mountain and having that time with God where you've got your word, you're trying to get your revelation, your, your, your rhema word, your fresh revelation to, to move forward, to advance your life, to, you know, to edify your life. That, that's a work in progress. Your life is in... So what I want to say to you, although I'm talking about a building, I'm talking about your life, building your life. Arise and build. Arise and build. We've got to believe that you are building too when you're at home, that you're not, you know, got a union strike and you laid your tools down and, and your foremans didn't turn up. And uh, we've had days here where we've, where we've thought they said the guys were turning up. Nothing, nothing for a whole day. I ring up, what happened, guys? We're, we were here ready to, oh, something happened. They didn't turn up. And, and then you've got some trades guys that turn up for an hour. We had some of those guys this week. They turn up for an hour. Praise God. There's unfinished pieces on the building and these guys turn up, two of them, and I point out where it's all unfinished and still, half of it's still unfinished for some reason. And some, you know, God wants to finish you. He wants to complete what he's begun in you. Uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse, 1, verse 6. He is going to complete one way or another. It's going to be down here or it's going to be in heaven. He's going to turn you into a prayer warrior. He's going to turn you into a generous giver. He's going to turn you into a saint. One way or another, it may as well be here. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. Praise God. We need to grow in the word. Build. And I just got this before I go into this uh, other, other, uh, other part here. Build. The effect of people who arise is that they build. Uzziah was a God seeker. 2 Chronicles 26, verse 4 to 5. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. I said prosper. He began his reign of 52 years from the age of 16. Who's 16 in the house this morning? From the age of 16, this guy was, was, he became king for 52 years. And he overcame his father's adversaries. He was so connected with God, like Joshua, that God gave him a game plan to rout the generational adversaries. Some of you people like that too. You need strategy to overcome the spirit of poverty, the spirit of non-worship, the spirit of idolatry, whatever it is. When I say idolatry, worshipping other stuff, sports even, and stuff. But there is one true God that you need to worship, amen? And so sometimes there's a generational adversary that you need to deal with in building your life. Amen. And that could be like a major tree stump. That's one of the things I remember my dad doing, uh, building his own house in the western suburbs of Sydney. This huge tree stump that seemed like he was digging forever and a day, dug all around it. There wasn't any tree stump grinders in those days. Uh, you had to dig under and around and then chop and then chop and then push and then get a car, probably an old FJ Ute, and pull this thing out and pull this thing, throw a bit of timber under it, pull it a bit more, throw another bit of timber, roll it out with your wife helping you, of course, and the kids just go, my dad's awesome, wow, like I did, amen. And that's what you've got to do in your personal life sometimes. There's an old root system. There's an old stump in your, in your land that God has given you, praise God. Zechariah was another guy. He was a builder. He was a seeker, but he was a builder, a prophet, and uh, he brought great stuff to pass. I haven't got time to go there. God wanted to build. 
build, to build, built. God wanted a place built by people who were seekers, seekers of God. But people who were seekers of God ended up being builders. And what we're building is a place of prayer. Nowhere in the Word of God does it say the house of God is a place of worship or teaching or preaching. It's a house of prayer. Let's have a look at these other builders quickly. Um, Yeah, we are building his house where God will be found by thousands of people seeking God. Australia, you can write this down, Australia is moving ever closer to a national revival of unprecedented proportions. Can I get an amen? The revival will be in the house of God and it will flow out from the house of God. Can I hear an amen? David recognized that now was a time for the nation to begin seeking the Lord. Praise the Lord. They needed a place to seek the Lord together. Therefore, they needed to arise and build the sanctuary. Lord, when there is a place for people to come together to seek the Lord and worship, that's where God can do his business. David calls on us to begin directing our heart and our soul. He calls on us to set our hearts on a pilgrimage and build, arise and build the church because we are in a day when Aussies... I had a guy here... Uh, in the building, I'm there, and a uh, guy turns up. I won't mention the trade, in case he listens to me on the internet. And uh, and he's asking me questions about God. What is this? I've never seen a church design like this. I've never. Can you put colours like that in a church building? I thought buildings were all, all, always morbid and and downcast, and we were we 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 languished in this fearful atmosphere of a, of an awful God in heaven. No, man, this is colour, man. This is youth on fire and families going great for God. This is extraordinary. And he's wanting to talk to me. Well, I've spent myself now, but he wants to keep talking. I said, look, buddy, I've got to go. Look, if you ask one, if you want to know any more, come to church. See the webpage. Amen. Check it out. People are hungry. They want to know what this phenomena is of a 21st century church. What is it? Because he built a lot of it. So praise the Lord. Who else is builders? Praise God. There's Joshua. He built an altar. What about uh, Noah? He built an altar. Abraham regularly built altars. Jacob built altars uh, called to build a house of God. And Joshua built an altar. Gideon built an altar. David built a temple through his son Solomon. And men who sought God built places for their people to seek him too. We need to continue to build and expand a place for the multitudes of people to come and seek the Lord. We are moving into a day when it is not just about us coming to receive from God in this house, but we're entering a time when we come to seek Him and His fame, His glory. The purpose, listen to me, the purpose of building a house for God is so that the ark is that the presence of God can be brought here on in Tugra, on this 11 acres, and put on this property, and so this place will be a glow. When people drive by, they will see and feel. It'll be like a meteorite from, from, from heaven, just throbbing with nuclear power, you know, with, with mutant Christians buzzing with eyes aglow for God. It's our calling. Not only was the place to be built for prayer in His presence, but also for His people to be developed in their full potential in God. We want to see you people rocking for God, including these couple here that are going to get saved this morning, these couple here. Praise God. Isaiah 60 verse 17, I'll give you only the best. And I'm just cutting to it right now because I've got to get to this. 
And listen, we need to seriously consider what we're going to give to this Rise and Build. Now listen to this scripture. It's, it's a real cute one. It's from the message. It's going to be a bit different from what you're holding in your, in your hand as your Bible. Isaiah 60 verse 17. I'll give you only the best. No more hand-me-downs. Gold instead of bronze. Silver instead of iron. Bronze instead of wood. Iron instead of stones. Look, whatever you give to God, it's going to come back to you better. If you give him silver, he's going to give you gold back. You know what I'm saying? And it's not time to give him just half-hearted gestures of just appeasing the church or appeasing God. It's time to put your heart and your soul because God sees that and he will favor you in all manner of ways. Praise God. Hallelujah. What is the vision of the church? Praise God. Vision statement. Listen, before I start this, one of the key things you've got to understand being connected to a church is understanding the vision. What are you doing? What do you do? Look, purposeful people, principled people really won't connect to something that is just haphazardly meeting and has no vision. I mean, if you've got time, talent, treasure, you want to invest that. You've only got a certain amount of years, amen? And so when you come here, we've got some extraordinary people that are joining us all the time because they see we have strong vision. We're building a city on 11 acres. And man, you will, you will, your mind is going to be blown in what our plans are for this land. Large concerts, large gatherings, conferences, and, uh, and, and international speakers, and, and excellent multimedia uh, illustration of the gospel and, and stuff. We are going to bring it. We're going to... You can only do so much in a tent, and look what we're doing in a tent. We've had some great men of God saying, you've got the best multimedia in a tent. You've got the best sound in a tent. Imagine what we're going to do in the building. Imagine what we're going to do with the decor, Katrina. Imagine what we're going to do with the sound, Steve, Tim and others. Imagine what we're going to do in our worship of God. How many times have we had to shut the service down early because we had to pack it down and there's been a move of God? We said, sorry, there's a move of God, but we've got to pack the church down and it's freezing anyhow. And look, let's get out of here. But in the building, get ready. We're going to be able to do what we want to do. We're not backing down. We're going to be the head, not the tail. So what is the vision? Our vision statement, help me. That's our vision statement. Connect people to Jesus Christ. This is simple. It's, it's direct to the point. I made it up and I think it's true to the heart of this church. Connect people to Jesus Christ. Build and grow the church. Release Release gospel power in word and spirit. I love that. Thank you, Lord, for the kingdom, for the kingdom. And I got that on my bush trails of meditating, worshiping God. And I got that with my little pen and my my little notepad, getting it down as I was praying. And that is our vision. Praise the Lord. Listen again, your vision is what you connect to. As a mature believer, when people come here to this church, they should say to me, what is your vision? Well, we have a vision to see people transformed. We see, to see people built up in their most holy faith, to outwork God's plans and purposes of redemption to a fallen world. We, we tell them straight up, we're not here sitting in a cozy, nice, you know, social club setting. We are here to, to proposition you with the greatest, most noble adventure of life, to be connected to God, to usher in His kingdom, and to see this land transformed in Jesus' name. Do I hear an amen? And that's, that's what we give to. That's what we give to. That's, what we, that's why we come here and drive here. That's why we love each other. And do you know what? In that, 
in the understanding of what the Word of God says, we're supposed to overcome even our, um, you know, I guess, frailties of relationship. Despite how we get along with each other, for the cause of Christ, even though I don't like what you wear, I don't like your attitude, I don't like who you are, you remind me of someone I used to know that I had a fight with, and I don't care, I am here to build this church and love God and see God do what he's got to do. Living stones built together as a holy house of God. Uh, The spiritual atmosphere of the church is very critical to this house. It's very important. Every church has its own culture, is its own feel, its own atmosphere. Do I hear an amen? When you come in, we want... That's why we ask you to come to this house and really come with your best faith, your best smile, your best hospitality and come and help build the atmosphere. Come on! I feel like that guy on Rove now. <laughs> atmosphere can be experienced but not always explained. True. Positive power of atmosphere. In a biblical-based Holy Spirit-empowered gate church, gate means the gatehouse that we believe through prayer and through our connectedness, but through our covenant with God, we have provided a gate, a portal, into the supernatural arena of God. So when people come here, they experience the supernatural dimensions of God in word and spirit. Amen? You don't come here for a religious service. I'm asking you by your spirit to connect with God in word and spirit. Yes, we want your mind. We want your practicality of life. But I want your spirit to come alive in God, worship God, love God, and please God in this setting. So praise the Lord. The atmosphere is created by a gate church mentality, I guess. The atmosphere will have excitement, joy, victory, love, encouragement. So you can see what I'm emanating right now is really derived from the atmosphere. This is the, what I'm saying to you now is probably high octane atmospheric delivery of what this is, <laughs> of what this is talking about. Excitement, joy, victory, love, encouragement, power, anticipation, faith, and a river of life that flows freely and powerfully. Twelve specific atmospheres of a gate church. This is prophetically what they say can happen when you have the presence of God in your church. And I believe it's so accurate to what we have experienced and what you and I experience every Sunday. What are they? An atmosphere of an open heaven. No spiritual hindrances allowed. Breakthrough happens here. Who loves that? You like that? An atmosphere of unified expectancy. Oh, I can read it here. Sorry, Tim. Oh, Tim's really mad at me. Would you turn around, he's saying. An atmosphere of unified expectancy. Sorry, Tim, I'm not used to this whiz-bang stuff. Hey, Frank, thanks for this too, buddy. That is excellent. That is excellent. An atmosphere of unified expectancy. No business as usual services. We don't have business as usual services. We try and create something. We are, I am an artist in only one way, in only one way. Not as a musician, uh, not as a painter, not as a drawer, but I believe I'm an artist in creating a tapestry for you people to see God through. Amen? I believe I can do that. That's why I, I sort of help God. Twelve at- specific atmospheres of a gay church. Ah, oh, what did I do? Surprises. An atmosphere of supernatural surprise. He has no common ordinary God. Of course he's not. An atmosphere of everyone can receive. No limitations are allowed. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be good looking. You can receive. Amen? Uh, an atmosphere of people are important. No person is undervalued. 
One of the key things the gospel does is dignify people. Dignify people. People know when you are downgrading them. People know that when you're looking down on them. Dignify people. I don't care. They could be an angel. Just watch it too. You got an old bum. This guy only just died. Actually, I just read an interesting story. Uh, a lady received her inheritance from her brother, multi-million dollar beach property down at Bell's Beach or somewhere. And her, uh, her brother was a guy that walked, not the streets, but walked the deserts and the wilderness naked, naked. Unless he went through a town, he put some clothes on. But he was just a nomad. I don't know what sort of trip this guy was on, but he was an absolute big beard, fit as a fiddle. They had a picture of him. and uh, But he ended up in New Guinea, and they found him in a canoe. He he sort of died, and they pulled him out of the canoe. They buried him, the unknown soldier grave, and uh, they just got his the the daughter said the sister yeah he was always a bit out there. His da- our dad gave him a brand new multi million dollar property on the beach. Didn't want to know about it. Didn't want to know about it. Just wanted to. He loved nature, loved the wilderness. And uh, why am I saying that? Because an atmosphere of people are important. No person is undervalued, including if that man walked through here today. He can't. He's dead. <laughs> an atmosphere of victorious living. No defeatist spirit here. God can deliver anyone at any time. Come on, church. We are believing for deliverance for anyone. An atmosphere, including that guy, if he would have come through here. An atmosphere of reaching out. No, no hold the fort philosophy here. We're fearful of the world fearful of TV, fearful of the things of the world. No, it's a no, it's no hold the fort philosophy here. We out, I just did the council meeting this week and I had the pleasure to stand up alongside the constable who gave a great speech and one of our local members' great speech and I was allowed to give a, a speech to 50-odd people giving, uh, receiving citizenship. So we're out there, we're doing stuff and rubbing shoulders with the dignitaries, the mayor had a, you know... Our priority is mission, and we're out there. We're out there. We're defined by it. An atmosphere of blessing, no excuses or apologies. God desires to bless us and provide for his work. Well, that's talking about money, is it not? An atmosphere of blessing. I believe God wants to prosper you. The stories I have heard that we will play on video of the people that have given extravagantly to God and how their lives have been turned around and blessed has really blessed my socks off. And we're getting those DVDs, are we not? We're getting those testimonies, Pauline, and they'll be here next week. No excuses. We talk about money, and we need money, and we want you to have money, and in that, God gets his job done. An atmosphere of communion, the voice of God heard clearly in the house of God. Listen to God. Listen to God. Listen to God. That's why I go for bushwalks. I've got to hear God out of the busyness. Do you know, I'll tell you the truth, I can even go for a bushwalk and come back and I just haven't even heard God. I'm so consumed with stuff. I can walk through the bush with the birds chirping and this beautiful nature. And you know what? I am totally shut off from it. All I'm doing is a walk. But yesterday we went for a walk and the whole place just come alive. The sounds of silence, the sounds of birds and nature, and then God speaks. So it's a place of communing with God. Church is a place not to hear just my voice, but to hear the voice of God. An atmosphere of faith. No pessimism here about the future. God, we're not, we don't talk about the rapture next week, the rapture next year. Even. We're here, the Bible says, to occupy till he comes and to do business until he, till he comes. It says in Luke chapter 19, I think thereabouts, it says that we are here to do business and we are people that are bringing God's kingdom to pass. 
That means blessing your families, blessing society, the marketplace, the workplace, the government, the, the education departments. We're out there. We're doing it. Atmosphere of faith, no pessimism about the future. God is in control. An atmosphere of vision, people see the invisible and do the impossible. What, what a story this is going to be, this C3 Tugger building project. An atmosphere of vision. People see, I actually went to that place, I won't say it again, and I saw the man that, that actually rang me up one late night Friday and said, Phil, desist from this building project, desist. He says, I am a man of faith too, and what you're trying is just is not going to happen. This is talking about the DA of the land. We had the land, and, the, and there was a five-year fight with council, negotiating with council, and I had a friend in council that rang me up one late Friday night and said, Phil, I know what you want. I know it's for God. I know it's for the kingdom. I know it's for your church. But desist now. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. Just, just I'm telling you that off the record, desist now. And I said, and I just, just shook me. I was standing on the roof doing my extension. It just shook me. I went, wow, because this is a weighty guy in that place. I won't mention where in that place. And, um, and it shook me, but it just welled up inside me. I came back to him and said straight to him, I said, until God tells me otherwise, we are going to persist, persist, not desist, persist, amen. And, and, I, and he said, well, I'm just trying to tell you. I said, well, thank you very much. appreciate what you're saying, but... An atmosphere of worship. The river of God is released in fullness. Yes, of course, we experience that. A gate church is, a gate church is a life-giving church. It's life-giving, life-changing, energetic, God-encountering. Oh, I love this. Eleven characteristics. And it's all derived from the story of Jacob, uh, our, our vision. It's derived from Jacob. He's on the run. He falls asleep. He has a dream. You've heard the saying, how awesome is this place? He has a prophetic dream of a future house, of a future place where God can meet with his people. And he says, how awesome is this place? How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. Amen. Put our hands together right there. Eleven characteristics are from Genesis 28, verse 10, 22. A prayer and a session ladder. Connecting heaven and earth. Why is prayer important? Because without prayer, and Tim, you left your ladder in the tent the other day, might I say. You left it there. Beautiful ladder. Uh, anyway, we believe there's a ladder, as it says in the story of Jacob, from earth to heaven in this tent. And there's angels ascending and descending. And God's business is blessing people now. And angels are, are walking around the aisles here and touching people on the shoulder and blessing you and anointing you and delivering you gifts of God, Father of lights. You're the giver of good gifts. Amen. A prayer and a session ladder connecting heaven and earth. A sustained, healthy, spiritual atmosphere. See, atmosphere to church is important. One of the key things that you've got to understand in this house that we allude to. Some churches don't allude to it. Some churches allude to good, strong teaching of God's Word. And to experience God is very suspect almost. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a circumspectual thing. It, well, if you, well, we're not sure if you're experiencing God or not. So let's leave all the experience out and let me teach you about the Word of God. But hang on, I think I'm getting blessed by God. No, we're not sure where that might come from. But I'm, I have the theology that says that we experience God. Saul experienced God. Every man of God experienced God that I know of in the Bible. Amen. And Jesus experienced God. So why are we different? Uh, prayer and a sustained, healthy spiritual atmosphere. 
a wise and balanced assimilation of prophetic truths and trends. Very important. In these days, God says in Daniel that he, in the last chapter, in the last few verses, there's a scroll, and God says to Daniel, just roll up that scroll, uh, but there's coming a time when that scroll with all the wisdom of how to do this and how to know what's all happening in the kingdom of God and all the realms of mysteries of the gospel, the mysteries of God's kingdom, it will be unfolded. And what you're living in now is in the days when God is revealing great mysteries and prophetic truths. Amen? And so what's happening is that the church is being built on that and the church is rocking in regard to that. Wise and balanced assimilation of prophetic truths and trends. Balance, a qualitative and quantitative growth and deep relational footings. You've got to have fruit. Without fruit, something's suspect. The tree's not good. Jesus said, judge a tree by its fruit. A qualitative and quantitative growth and deep relational footings. I'm quite happy with the growth. I'm quite happy with the depth of spirituality in the life of the people. I'm, I'm happy with the fruit we've got. A rich environment for building and blessing the family. Family, your children are most important to us. And I noticed that Oxford Falls, Phil Pringle just laid uh, down new vision for Oxford Falls and he wants the kids to actually go straight out before the church service starts. And they're going, he wants church ministry to be like Disneyland. He wants it to be the best place for kids to be at on a Sunday. He just doesn't want, you know, a child-minding service where they're just, you know obliging their parents and just hanging out and dullness and boredom. No, we want... Man, I had the guy that does the outdoor play systems in that. And I'm telling you what, man, there's some money involved in it. But I see, when he showed me the brochures, I saw our land having at least $100,000 worth of this play stuff. And I saw mums coming to our land doing coffee. There's their little kids playing out on our on our coloured play uh, stuff and, and that's what our church will be people will converge on this place during the week they'll walk our property we're going to put a big walkway around the edge of the property we're going to do the cafe we're going to be a place where people can come and be blessed in all manner of ways your family is very important we are here to consolidate your family your husband your wife your children into a strong place of god that's one of our strong callings a faith in god that opens doors of divine opportunity 11 characteristics this is talking about. A faith in God that opens doors of divine opportunity. A sustained, awesome, manifested presence of God. Love that. She is a foundational core of living stones and strong leadership pillars. We need leadership. Please, if you can avail yourself in leadership, please uh, avail yourself and, and, and you know, uh, make yourself known to us. A foundational core of living stones. A word-driven, focused church. Of course we are. Uh, covenantial commitment to giving of the tithe and offerings. And we've teased that out enough this morning. Tithes and offerings. Uh, Malachi says, he talks about whole churches actually not giving. And he says, you have just shut down the, the, the heavens. And the, the heavens, uh, you know, are shut over whole regions. I believe Wyong has an open heaven because of the extravagant giving of the local church. And that's why it's so important. And it, open heaven with healing, miracles and deliverance. Who can say amen to that? Nearly finished. Build and grow is important. Build people, build leadership teams, build families, marriages, children and youth. Build the church, of course. Grow people into Christ. Grow our influence to win friends, souls and family and community. Grow the church. One of the key things that we do in seeking God is believe that we are now builders of our own life, but builders of the local church. 
Double, this is our goals, and I'm nearly done. Double the congregation. I don't think it's too far flung, too, too uh, out there to believe that we can become a church of 400 by year's end. 400 by year's end. We've got, how many people saved thus far this year, Katrina? How many people? 34? 36 saved thus far this year. I believe we can reach 100 saved for this year. 100. Do you know what I'm saying? I be, now, we're just short of 300 now, but I believe we can be 400 by year's end. Amen. People are joining us every week, just about. Just about every week, people are joining us and we're getting visit. But the building is our catalyst for growth and increase. And I'm nearly done. I believe we can double the finances, guys. I honestly believe. I think there's capacity in this house. If we all put our covenant, if we all put our tithe in and give our generous willing offerings to the causes that we have of this church, especially the rise and build, I know God will get the glory, but I know that we can pull off this miracle if we all pull together and have the mighty right hand of God. Guys, it's not worth not partnering in this. You need to partner with this most extravagant project called Christian City Church. Double the finances. Yes, I think we can de- definitely do that. We are averaging $1,500 into the... Um, $1,500 into the rise and build last year and, and early this year, and then it fell away, to be honest. Um, we were taking $1,500 pretty steadily a week in the building fund all last year. It fell away. Human nature, that's what happens. We hit Christmas. That buckles people in many ways. And then, of course, we've got a plan to get us through Christmas this year. We've got a, we've got a plan to get you through with your commitment because we need your commitment to stay strong right to the end. Amen. And so we believe that uh, we can double the finances. Well, in the building fund, we believe we can up the ante at least 30%. So let's believe that we can at least raise 2000 a week in the building fund, but even more with extravagant givers and checks that are going to come in and people that are going to you know, want to give extravagantly in Jesus' name. We're going to try and get tax deductibility on our building fund. That is coming. We should have it by the end of the year. Amen? And the tithe, I honestly believe... I honestly believe we can double the tithe. We take on an average 2,500, well, 3,000, close to 3,000. That's right, uh, Hazel, I see that hand. 3,000, $3,000 in tithes and offerings, aside from the building fund. That is excellent, but I think we can do better. I think we can do better. Once we get people online to the vision, which is what I've spoken this morning, and when I get people to to understand that this, you were born for this, to commit to this, and that you will be blessed in this, and where you're planted, you will prosper in this, that's when it all begins to happen for you, and God starts to optimize your life in many, many ways. If I can bring you, and that's what I want to do for the next two, three weeks, I want to bring you to a place where with your heart, your soul, you seek God in helping building His church, and in that you will be blessed I believe we can double the finances of this church. Double the effectiveness of the influence, salvations and friends. Guys, let's get busy evangelizing. Evangelism doesn't happen in the church. It happens out there in the workplace. It happens out there. All you have to do is just show them the webpage. Just check the webpage out. We've done all the work. The webpage will show people who we are, what we do, what we are about. And just do that at, at minimal. You can do that. Your friends, how about you start working on your friends? 
bring them to the house of atmosphere, bring them to the house of glory, and we will do the rest. Double drawing and gathering capacity. Of course, the building is going to be instrumental in that. Building and drawing and gathering a new people. Double the visitors. Yes, double. 23 visitors we had a couple of weeks ago. We want more visitors. Double faith, double hope, double love. Who wants double? Who wants double? Who wants double? Amen? There it is. Connect people to Jesus Christ. Build and grow. Let's all stand.